that was a doozy trying to get the recording bot in here. But good evening, race fans of the internet. You are now listening to what is this now, Matt? Episode number ten of the Talking Dirt Podcast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are having a wonderful week. Of course, my name is Ryan Williams, your host of the Talking Dirt Podcast. And join me once again this week, the voice of the common man's racer, um, Big Papa himself, Mr. Matt Bridge and Matt. Back with Talking Dirt once again. This week, kind of a, a free-balling episode. Um, yes, sir. And i tell you what. i tell you what. Darren, I don't know how you do it, but you're giving me a different nickname every single episode so I'm far. Try, hey, I'm, try, I'm trying <laughs> to, man. I, I just got to keep it rolling until something really sticks. And the, the people let us know that that's the one that we need to, to run with for the uh, for the rest of Infinity and Beyond. I'm the one. Big Papa one. I'm the big Papa, hold on. All right, Big Papa's been around for a while now, though. Who? Big, Big Papa, you've been Big Papa for a little while now. It's been what about a year? A year now since you've been Big Papa. It's on the race car. It's kind of sticking, you know. Yeah, and it, also did stick. that one TikTok. You did. You did do that one TikTok. Speaking of TikTok, dude, I've got so much stuff from, um, from last week, and I got a bunch of film that I need to edit down. I'm trying to find the best editing software right now on the on the PC to. To uh, make that happen with, I got a bunch of TikToks I need to do. I got a bunch of YouTube videos I need to do. I'm slacking still. I've been slacking for what, so uh, long, bro. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you what. Hmm. I know I said use that phrase again. I'm sorry. Um, but my mom's starting to go to the races with me. And um, yeah. She, uh, she's been recording some videos lately. I, I'm, She's still learning. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. having to give her a little bit of advice on it. But you know, once we get a little bit of good, you know, content out of that, I'm going to start posting on TikTok more and hey. uh, actually post on YouTube at, well, after I get my camera back. Yeah, you need to, I've been trying to get you this GoPro I for know, I know. like six, like four months now and you well, just won't come here and get it. Well, I knew I was going to be, or I thought I was going to be at Sumter the other week, but, you know, so I was kind of banking on that. Uh-huh. Like, I thought you were going to be there this weekend. I, I might be. I don't know. I haven't made my mind up. Oh, yet. no, yeah. Well, they are racing in your neck of the woods this weekend, as they are racing in mine. We'll talk about all that a little bit later. But this, like like I said a, a minute ago, unscripted uh, episode of Talking Dirt here. Me and Matt are just probably going to ramble a little bit. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, about Matt's career in racing. We're going to talk about how I got into announcing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some pictures that I recently found uh, and just posted to the Sumter Speedway page. Uh, what else do we talk about, Matt? We got, got a lot of stuff to worst cover here. Wrecks. A lot of we talked about saying uh, talking about the uh, worst wrecks we've ever seen. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll do that later on. Um, so I hope you've got all this stuff written down that we uh, brainstorm before the episode because my ADD is taking over already. But uh, Matt, I'm going to give you the floor here. What's the first thing that you want to talk about here in the show? We got on got a little bit over an hour to do this, so let, let's jump into it. What what do we want to talk about first? So first things first. All right. So Lucas Oil is racing in Lernerville tonight. And yes, they are. Firecracker 100. Guess who got quick time? Uh see. Lernerville. Greg Satterley. Even though I already told you prior to this. You did. I, hey, I, man, I'm just trying to act like I don't know yet. <laughs> know. Now, Greg Satterley would be a good pick at Lernerville. He's he's one of those Pennsylvania guys up there. Um, so How about, how about hometown, hometown boy Dalton Wilson? Fayetteville, North Carolina native Dalton Wilson? Yep. Heck yeah, He's dude. That's freaking time. awesome. So far, is that oh, is that 
concluded now? Or are they yeah, still that's, that's official. That's on, that's that's on Lucas, old, uh, Lucas Old Late Model Dirt Series. Dude, that's awesome. That is on their Congrats Facebook. Yeah, I hope something, uh, I hope something comes of that, dude. I hope oh, yeah. something comes of that. And he's able to make some money out there. Yeah, the it's kind of weird, though, with the Firecracker 100, because for years and years and years, it was run under the, uh, the World of Outlaws banner. And recently, they have switched, I guess, allegiance, you would say, to the Lucas Oil Dirt Lake Model Series. So, yeah, kind of interesting. And, dude, they're... There's so much money on the lineup there. Of course, I think it's what fifty grand to win uh, the the Saturday main event for the for those late models, the supers. But how about I think the Rush late model series is running a twenty thousand dollar to win six hundred four race up there too. So yeah, Lernerville uh, up in Pennsylvania, the place to be this weekend. Of course, that's way out of our area. We won't be there. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty cool. And congrats to Dalton Wilson. I hope he can make something of it. Anybody else that we know that's up there uh, racing right now? Uh, I, I don't know. I really just I the didn't regulars. even know they were racing tonight. Oh really? Yeah, I I was on Facebook and I saw, literally saw it. They posted it twenty minutes. Before. Oh, um, I gotcha. I gotcha. So another thing, uh, I'd like to say is uh, Lakeview, um. Track staff, I guess. Uh, Mr. Tim Clement, Clement, the general, the general manager yeah. of Lakeview Motor Speedway. There you go. That's that's the word I'm looking for. I'm not that's, good that's at word. That's, that's Timmy's official title. He is the general manager. Yeah. Of okay. uh, of Lakeview Motor Speedway, and uh, yeah, so, you're telling me about this. Go ahead and let the people know what happened. So, um, Mr. Charles Todd posted earlier that uh, he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in New York next Friday. Now. Hall of Fame of dirt racing, or I I don't know, but they I don't know what the exact Hall of Fame is for. But hey, he's going into the Hall of Fame in New York. Must be something. Yeah, good. I, I, yeah. I probably have to. Uh, I have to message him and see if it's a, like a local track Hall of Fame or or what. Speaking of Hall of Fames, I believe uh, Lancaster they are narrowing down their Hall of Fame inductees for this year as well. Um, I'll actually pull a list up of that, but. Matt, do you know anything about uh, Mr. Tim Clemens' uh, racing career back in there? I know he drove um, big, big block style modifieds for a while, um, and I believe actually, what's that? Apparently, he he way back in the day he raced uh -huh. against Johnny in a late uh, cousin Johnny in a late model. Really? Yeah, and cousin Johnny didn't even remember it, but Mr. Tim does. Awesome! That that, that is dude. That's awesome, man. All right. Like I said, speaking of Hall of Fames, I was correct. Lancaster, they've narrowed down their uh, their new Hall of Fame inductees. I believe, uh, if I'm looking at the list correctly here, uh, Butch Cole will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Andy Hodges will be inducted into the Lancaster Motor Speedway Hall of Fame. There's a couple more. i got to scroll down here to see. Let's see, Mr. Jeff Jones will go into the Lancaster Motor Speedway Hall of Fame. And the final one, Eric Montgomery. Uh, we'll go into the Lancaster Motor Speedway Hall of Fame class of 2022. Now, as far as um, local track Hall of Fames go, are you for or against them? Because I, there, there's there's points. Obviously, everybody should be for a local track Hall of Fame, but a lot of people think that it's redundant, like it's really just not necessary. I mean, you, you want to... I want to recognize the people who made the track what it is, in my opinion. Yes, of course. So, like, 
you know, Kel Yarborough, Slick Gibbons, uh, Ed Gibbons, Banjo. I mean, I, I could list no. off a lot more for Sumter. I mean, sure, are, yeah. I, in my opinion, those are a lot of you know big drivers that you know deserve the recognition. They did the that's work. Right. They got the results. I mean, I, you know, that, well, that's just that, my opinion. On I that. would, I would love to, and it's one of my brainchild, brain children. I'll say. Um, Dude, I really want to start a Sumter Speedway Hall of Fame, like an official one. Yeah. But the, the, I don't know how or how I want to set it up yet, because I need to have a big discussion with our track promoter and track owner about doing this and where we're gonna do it and how to put it together. Like if we're gonna get a building for it or do similar to what other tracks do and just do basically a wall of fame with plaques and pictures and such. Mm-hmm. So I, I, but I really want to do it and I want to let the fans do their nominations and voting. Of course I, I have a short list of drivers in my own head that would be like, say the first four or five in. And I mean, if you want to go through them, you got Kelly Arbor, slick and little Ed, and just out of personal reasons, I would love to put Mr. Jody Truitt in there. Um, and then you've also got obviously Bob Sharp. Um, so many guys that I can't even think about right now that used to race at Sumter forever wait, 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 and ever. Wait, wait, wait. Truesdale's, what's that? Wait. So Truesdale's, even, McCoy's, etc. What's up? You don't think Banjo deserves to be put in there? Not yet. Oh, he's not retired. Now. He's thirty-five. What do you, you mean? You have to be retired. No, not are at you? thirty-five. Let him actually. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. Do you have to be retired to be put in a in a like a Hall of Fame like that? At if if we were, mm, it I didn't know that was a rule. I really. Well, didn't. I don't think it is. But if if I do one for something, that's probably gonna be a rule. Uh, but pro- maybe not as either because you've got guys that are legacy drivers like Terrell Holloway that are still driving. Um, uh, the Andersons they've been around forever, driving race cars like Ronnie Anderson and them that have collected wins over the years. I mean Marty Horn is one of those guys that will be shooing for it for as long as he's been doing it. Uh, he's got a bunch of track championships. So, I mean, you really, you, I can't say that, that it would have to be a rule because there's all these guys that have been very good for 20, 30 years, and they're still going. Right. Cause I, but, I mean, if you look um, at Lakeview, Johnny, for example, he's been yeah. winning races out there for forever. Would he would it make sense to put him, put him in the Lakeview Hall of Fame now or after he retires from racing? Yeah, I got you. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works. I think it would it would obviously go both ways. I mean, you could do it you could do it either way. 100% you could do it either way. But uh, I don't know, that's something I really need to look into because I want to have one started yeah. um, before too long just to kind of memorialize these guys that have come and gone and paved the way for all of us. Um, a lot of, a lot of those names have been brought back up recently. Cause we had, uh, we had vintage cars come the other week and, and Sissy and I were, they're talking about all kinds of guys that used to race out there. And we got a bunch of our older fans in the mix as well. And they even, I was scrolling Facebook today and started seeing pictures from, um, when the have a Tampa dirt series came to Sumter speedway way back in the year 2000. That was, I believe their last stop at Sumter was in July of 2000, I believe. Although I did find contradicting uh, accounts. The Dirt on Dirt website says that they raced at Sumter Speedway in July of 2000, but uh, Mr. Dargan Watts, who's a racing historian from 
way back, most of you that know racing in South Carolina know the name Dargan Watts. He says that it happened in April of 2000. So that was, I'm, I'm not sure which is the truth uh, there, but I went back and I found pictures, you know, Rick Eckert was at Sumter, Freddie Smith, uh, Bloomquist was there. I, I, I would love to find the actual rundown of that race or even video if it's out there. I highly doubt it is. Actually, now that I think about it, Miss Virginia might have it and I might have to uh, contact her to get it. And that, that, dude, that would be something so cool. If I could, I need to talk to her about this, but at Sumter Speedway, we've, we've had one lady, uh, Miss Virginia Ayer. She's been there since probably the 80s. She's, and she has filmed literally every single race that Sumter Speedway has had since the 1980s. And I would love for her to let, let me get some of the files off of her and start a a website or a, a Patreon or something like that so that the race fans out there without... Now the problem... Okay, okay, let me, let me say this so I can finish that statement. The problem that I have with some of her stuff is that she doesn't do digital transfers. She burns a lot of CDs. And right. I mean, if you're younger generation like myself, not a lot of people... Or not CD, uh, DVDs not a lot of people have DVD players anymore. And obviously there's a mass amount of people that are on the internet that are want, still wanting to see these races, right? Follow me here. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to try to talk to her about before she closes up shop is either getting a, having her burn me a DVD of Sumter Speedway's greatest races and trying to transfer that digitally and making, um, this website where people can, uh, view some of these races to kind of get a glimpse at, at racing history at Sumter or start a Patreon where we can, me and you can go in and like do watch alongs with the other race fans that would be interested in watching that kind of stuff and, and just kind of talk about those races and some of the people that, uh, that have raced here. But what does this have to do with the have a Tampa race, Ryan? Um, I would love to have a, a copy of that race. So I need to talk to her about that. And see who else was here. Obviously, um, it's known now, but Little Egg Gibbons, he actually won that race. Um, I don't want to say that was, that may have been his first big super late model race win. Don't quote me on that because he was obviously racing for a time before uh, that July 2000 race. And obviously, he had many, many wins after that and has a dirt late model hall of fame career and one of the best to ever do it from from this part of the country but uh yeah i i would love to set up something where the race fans out there could see some old Sumter speedway stuff would you be interested in something like that matt to to do something like that i mean yeah i mean that, are you did you follow me at all there or did you lose me yeah. like halfway through that no i, I understand <laughs> what you mean because i have i have a bunch of those dvds uh-huh but I just I wish that. There. So, I mean, and you know, I I get it though. She's old school. Player, so exactly, I get it. She's might. old school, but I would love to take some of those and transfer them over to digital format so that people can still watch them. Because yeah. there's just so much history buried in there, dude. So much. And um, but getting back to that super race, the pictures I found were, I think I already said it. Rick Eckert, Bloomquist. Uh, Freddie Smith, obviously Little Ed, and I put that up as a, a throwback Thursday, hoping that uh, people see that and they're more inclined to come out and witness history again this Saturday night at Sumter Speedway as we host uh, another super late model race, the Ultimate Super Late Model Series 
coming to town. First time this season, second time in series history. We'll preview that one a little bit later. But uh, Matt, next, so next Tampa uh, race that. Oh, we can talk. Too. Hey, we can talk about have a Tampa right now. Obviously, so, have a Tampa. All um, right. So I don't know all the exact details, sure. but this is some drama happened the night have a Tampa came to Lakeview. Oh, okay. I'll sit back and shut up and listen. So these owners obviously weren't weren't even the previous owners. I don't even know if they were the owners before the previous owners. They might have been. I don't. Know. But okay. So apparently, what happened was he got half a Tampa to come to race there, and I don't even know the guy's name, but he got him to come race there. Then he, um, I mean, even Scott. I don't know all the names, but I just know Scott Bloomquist was there because he won. Uh huh. Okay. Um. And apparently what happened is before any of the races even started, the owner of the track back then done ran off with all the money. Oh. So Scott Bloomquist didn't get paid for that. Wow. Okay. I've never heard that story. Yeah. Like like I said, I don't know all the facts. That's just from, from what has been told to me. Hey, more Lakeview talk. I, I saw the other day. There's a, a photo floating around um, Facebook groups right now of early Lakeview Motor Speedway. I think it was a picture from the 80s when it when it was open then. And, dude, when I tell you that, that that picture makes that track just look like somebody took a plow and took it through a cornfield, I'm not even joking. I think, like I, that, think I know what you're talking about. I, yeah, I there, there was a picture, picture floating all it was, around. It was old Facebook. school late models with the Camaro mm-hmm. style bodies. No, this was an overhead shot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, th- this was an overhead shot of Lakeview back when it first opened up. And Yeah, um, I mean, literally, they, when I first started there, there was like a cornfield off of turn yeah. one, too. Well, th- th- see, there was never that at, at the, the Sumter Speedway we have now. Um, the old Sumter Speedway, back when there were two uh, raceways in Sumter, uh, one of them was like that. The uh, other one, uh, the one that we race at now, was uh, always kind of looked like it. It does uh, at this moment. What you got? I heard an ooh, so something must oh, be happening. You, you brought up the old Sumter Speedway. Sure. Right? Didn't you? I did, yes. All right, so you brought up the old Sumter Speedway. Yep. And that reminded me. There, if, you seen, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you saw me share about this, about um, some old newspaper clippings from Marion County Speedway, uh-huh. where I live. And... I don't know when it closed down, but it I know they raced in like the sixties there. Okay. Um it closed down and in twenty twenty when there was absolutely nothing to do before we could even start racing because corn the quarantine crap. Yep. Um I actually I actually went out there and you know, explored it. it. It was actually pretty cool, man. It was fascinating because the the shape of the track was there, the embankment uh-huh. was still there. So there, there's one that cool. that I recently frozen yeah, history like that. There was one that I recently discovered. Now I know absolutely nothing about this track, but I think it was a go kart track up in Lugoff, and I I was uh was working one day up there, and I drove by it and saw a an old sign. That um, had the the speedway name on it. I can't even remember it right now, but if anybody knows something about uh, a little go kart track or 
what used to be one up in Lugolf. Uh, holla at your boy. Let me know exactly what that is because I kind of want to go up there and uh and check it out one of these days. And I don't remember that. I I, it, I don't remember. It, have I think it was years there. ago. It, it was it was either that or it's a dirt bike complex, but it looks rather small to be dirt bikes. Uh, I don't I don't know, man. I I really tracks. don't. I can I can roll off a bunch of them that are closed down that I've raced. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there was ones in Sumter County that are no longer open, and there's a bunch there's, of them out out towards you. There's got to be at least five. Yeah, five or six. Well, okay. So we're talking about tracks that are closed. Speaking of tracks that are opening, so have you heard any? I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything more about this new track that's supposed to be popping up in Orangeburg? No, I, I haven't Sometimes heard anything. It's gone quiet, lately. man. Is it's gone quiet? Um, I, I, I saw think, some stuff. I saw some stuff like four months ago, and since then, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had they had the 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 silhouette of the track. You know, uh -huh. shaped out. Yeah, that but, like. Who, but like I said, back knows, then, they could they could possibly yeah they could have possibly gotten a bunch of work done and gonna pop up so. here and surprise people here shortly. I, I, Maybe I still don't. I don't think know. it'll be shortly. Uh -huh. I think they got a while to go. But I mean, that, that's just my uh, I mean, opinion like from just, being around it. Just the 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 track itself, not necessarily like the whole entire facility, but the track itself. Well. But the but the problem is there. You can't rush that because the track is going to be the the key factor from the get go. You got to make sure that it's absolutely perfect before you open it. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm so, saying. They, I'm I'm saying surprise people with how fast they're getting work done there. I'm not cool. saying open up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I mean I, I get that, but I I don't know. Best of luck. It's to It's going to be a while before they fully oh, yeah. open up. But I, they probably won't get no races in in uh, this year. They'll no, definitely probably not. Open definitely up next not this year. year. I kind of hope they do because I, I just want, I I love seeing uh, new tracks open up. I know I work <clears> at Sumter and they're going to be close. Whatever. We we're we really don't. We're going to try and work together with them. The same thing with all these other tracks. If we can work together with them, we will. You know. And um, of tracks. Um, what's that? Opening up this year potentially. <laughs> I guess. Um. Have you heard anything about Little River? I have not. No, no, nothing at all has come out of Little River, or uh, formerly known as Modoc Raceway. Nothing, dude. I haven't heard not hey. one peep come out of them, and I'm kind of upset about it because that's one of those places that I was uh, looking forward to visiting this year for a super late model race or something. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's it's uh. Definitely a tricky situation Hopefully with that up there. Get it open soon. Oh yeah, uh, definitely, man. I it, and luckily it doesn't look like any of these other tracks are going to shut down anytime soon. So hopefully we continue to have places to race for uh, at least the near future, and hopefully way longer than that. I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised this racing season, man. I'll be honest with you. I've probably said this before on a podcast, but super surprised that racing is still just as high as it was when we left off last season with the, the way that the economy's going and we haven't really heard too much about the tire shortage as of late. So hopefully that's starting to level itself out, but yeah, right now it's surprising me and I'm very happy about that racing in general. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say it's easy to find tires, but it's not as hard as I thought it would be. Uh huh. Um, Price, 
Yeah, yeah the prices are a little insane price right now. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it's the prices are insane. But luckily, I haven't gone through many tires this year. Um, True. Which is, you know, a good thing. Yeah. Well, that that's another thing with with uh, with Sumter. I'm hoping that especially this weekend they're able to provide a track that is easy on tire wear. You know, because these super late model guys right, they're right, they're really no. finicky about it. No, 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 no. Not gonna well, happen. I know. It, it don't matter. They got they can get the tires. They can. You're right, but tires. still, let it eat them up. Still, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want that to do. To be a, a factor in deterring yeah, people you don't, long term. Yeah, you don't want want it to, to get down to where you know the leaders are blowing tires. De- oh, definitely not. I mean, dude, we we went into it. You even saw what three weeks ago, Davenport's tires after a hundred laps at Eldora. Those are the kind of tracks. That's the kind of tire wear that you want on every track. But down here, like we said before, it's not possible with the dirt compound. You see fifty lap races at, at Gaffney. They turn into May Pop City after lap 35. You see 40 lap races at Sumter turns into May Pop City after lap 30. You see, Lakeview, same deal, turns into May Pop City after a certain amount of laps. And it's, it's really just got to do with the dirt compound that everybody deals with around here, which is why uh, the like Ultimates and Clash, they're running 40 lap features to try and, and conserve tires and, and avoid that happening. So I mean, that, and that's really all it boils down to. Enough about ty- enough about negative what. stuff. Oh, no, what's no, no, no. I was gonna I was gonna mention the worst track that I've been at for eating up tires is Cherokee. That sucks. Yes. Tear a tire up badly. Yeah, Cher- it, Cherokee it's... eats them. You think Sumter eats tires? Cherokee is oh, a little man. bit worse. Um, how's Fayetteville on tire wear? I haven't I haven't. Fayetteville is super easy. Fable's I mean, easy on tire wear. Didn't it, hurt them, not one bit. And it's a little further from the coast, so that that kind of makes sense. How bad's Lakeview normally? Not bad at all. Really? Yeah. You think the Lakeview be the the worst out of the bunch because of the the sand in the air and and all that getting into the track and rubber and and rubbering over and and eating them up. But I and I, I never knew how bad Oglethorpe was on it or tracks down there like that. Speaking of, dude, yeah. I, I miss Oglethorpe. Did you did you ever get a chance to go to Oglethorpe? I never did. No, I but wish I've I had seen videos. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of videos. That place was nice, and I'm hoping that uh, somebody's able to do something with their uh, the facilities and all that they had. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, well, <laughs> while we're on the topic of closed tracks again, let's okay. talk about Myrtle Beach Speedway. I seen where oh, Josh gosh, Barry, yeah. Josh Berry posted on uh, TikTok earlier this week. He went down there and this. It's down gone. to nothing, man. It, yeah, it is it's completely gone. gone. That I seventy seven, I seventy seven's completely gone. Myrtle Beach is completely gone. Uh, obviously, Somerville's been gone forever. Now those two were asphalt tracks. This is talking dirt. What we're doing talking about asphalt, but those those were two tracks. Somerville and and Myrtle Beach. Those were two tracks that um were very very prestigious in the area. And one that I was worried about for a little bit after uh, Mr. Powell's passing was Florence. I would do. I was so worried about Florence closing down. Well, you Super know the deal worried. with that, right? I, I I hadn't heard nothing. No. Well, you you know who owns it, right? No idea. <laughs> okay, no so idea. The, the people who own Myrtle Beach Speedway sold it to a 
development company or whatever. That's right. For loads of money. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't remember how much it was. It was, oh man, it was six, seven figures. Something uh-huh. like that. I don't know. But anyways, they ended up buying Simmons. Oh, really? Uh, the people who own Myrtle Beach are, yeah. I, I yeah. had no idea. That That's actually they awesome. Own, so yeah, it, is in good, it is in good hands then, hopefully. Oh, yeah. That, that track's turned around. I went out there not too long ago, and they had the uh, Cars Tour Modified Series. Uh-huh. Um. Dude, you had the Myers brothers out there. Uh-huh. You had freaking uh Bobby Labonte. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of big names out there. And I mean the late models. And also people who deal. race out there. Um, I got just this just popped in my head. I gotta give a shout out to these two brothers. I actually went to high school with these two guys, and really we we were kind of mutuals, didn't really talk to each other. They graduated a few years ahead of me. But Casey and Cody Kelly both drive at Florence. <laughs> And I went to high school with them and had completely forgotten their names until I I looked at some racing stuff one day from Florence and saw their names. And I was like, dang, these guys, I, I, it was the first time I'd seen either of their names in years and years. And I would love to kind of reconvene with them. And I guess just talk about racing. I got to stop saying that. Uh huh. But, um, they actually, have I've been friends with them since we were little kids racing go karts. Uh huh. We, me and them, has been you know I'm not gonna say good friends because I don't. We don't talk unless we see each other at the track. Uh huh. Um. So I mean, yeah, like I said, we've been friends for a while, and I, you know, you know talk to them every time I see them, and they they're killing it right now in the truck. Yeah, they are. I, I need I need to get them to and a I, dirt track. I need I need to I like get back in touch with them because I hadn't spoken to them since high school. Either one of them. I don't know which one it is. One of them is absolutely killing it on our racing too. I remember he won a oh, really? thousand. Yeah, he won a thousand to win race. Uh, like a couple years. I didn't ago. know about that. Wow, yeah. I had no idea about that. Real good. That's that's pretty cool, man. I can't remember which one it was that won it though. Heck, I'd I'd love to uh, reconnect with them, get them to a dirt track, see how they like that better than uh the old asphalt. <laughs> but uh, moving on in topics here, Matt, you got the itinerary. My uh, memory is bad. So what what else do we need to cover here in the show tonight? All right. So up next in the show, I think uh, I think Matt and I are gonna. We were talking before the show when we were planning out, and we were talking about some of the the worst wrecks that we have uh, seen in person at, at races, or even in general. Obviously, there's been a lot of scary ones, um, as far as like NASCAR and all is concerned. You think about Ryan Newman from Daytona and, and some others that that were bad, but as far as like personal experience, dude, worst wreck that I have ever seen happened in a Blue Ridge race back in 2019. And you actually just sent me a picture of this that reminded me of that of the night. Remember, Justin Mintz was actually involved in a wreck that sent him just about into the turn one grandstands. Now. There's been other stuff that happened at Sumter back in the past that I've heard about, but I didn't see in person. But uh, I'll let you cover this one first, Matt. Let's, and then I'll I'll kind of share that story. So, what what have you seen in your experience? So, uh, I was at Fayetteville before they reconfigured the track, 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, okay. Super Street were uh, was hot lapping, uh-huh. and they um, a guy named Buddy Whittington, right rear dipped off the back straightaway, and he tried to keep it on the track. They this it it was a lot longer than what it is now. Yes, yes, it was. So, anyways, his right rear dipped off the back straightaway. He tried to turn it back on. And uh-huh. when he did, he's, uh, the frame rail caught on like that little point where the embankment changes. Right. The, the frame rail caught that. I, he flipped up. I want to say had to be at least 10, 15 feet in the air. Wow. And he, he flipped upside down, landed on his roof, bounced back up probably five, six feet in the air rolled and it just it kept rolling and rolling and rolling that they actually had to get the um jaws of life to get them out really yeah man that dude that's was, scary and thank and god i honestly thought that thank that god he's okay. i thought they would have to do the same thing yeah thank god he was okay speaking you know, of thank god he was okay but he um he, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had to relearn how to walk and everything Oh really? It was it. There was injury involved. Oh god. Oh big time. Yeah, dude. I was more so thinking uh, minus injury. That's okay now. Okay, yeah, that's good. But that's not. I hate talking about people who actually got injured. I mean, you cannot. There's a few incidents of recent memory that I could even bring up. But that wreck, uh, that Blue Ridge race at Sumter. I think uh, Tony Ayers was leading the race, so they were in lap traffic. This was back when I was on. Uh, race receiver at the track before I started announcing. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too, because that, that was an, a semi-interesting story. And I got a couple people to thank for, for that gig. But uh, back when I was on race receiver, we were, it was in the middle of this race. I remember uh, Bumper Jack was on the call um, and he, he had a great call. It's, it's been viewed on YouTube probably 10,000 times at this point. Uh, Bumper Jack's uh, call on this incident. But... Um, I was on the race receiver. Tony Ayers was leading the race, and all of a sudden, uh, I think I think Tony said the power steering broke or something was iffy on the car, and uh, it, it lost power. Justin tried to get around him and th- just couldn't. They made contact, and Justin went flying and into the catch fence at Sumter. Thank God we have uh, some sort of a catch fence because if not. He would have been in the grandstands a hundred percent. One hundred percent would have been in the grandstands. Um so thank God for a catch fence. But I remember Matt, that was the only time I ever said a dirty word over the race receiver while <laughs> I was doing that for Sumter. Um I screamed holy, you can fill in the blank for the rest of it. And I actually had drivers I had a few drivers that raced that Blue Ridge race come up to the pay window after. I was like, who's now who was on the race receiver tonight? And I was like, oh, that, that, that was me. <laughs> but uh, um, that that kind of brushed under um, that incident. And now Justin's back in a car. He's winning races again. So he, he was able to rebound for that from that. And um, good on him for, for not, uh, for not, you, you know, giving up after that or taking a while to get back into it. Hell, he goes back into it just about the next week. And speaking of the Mince Brothers, Matt, uh, you you got proved wrong a couple of weeks ago, if you didn't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if we covered this in the last episode or not, but we did. did. But yeah, Austin showed up when you said he wouldn't show up and absolutely uh, wrecked face. He told me after that that uh, the car hadn't even come out the trailer. He was still sitting on go from when he won that 602 race at Sumter. So he was ready. Um, Not sure if we're going to see either of them uh, this Saturday night because I'm not sure if uh, they've got their 525s uh, fixed yet. They... Those two boys had the worst luck with 525 motors. I swear. Yeah. The absolute yeah. worst luck. Justin, uh, he raced a 525 for a couple of months and had problems. Austin got a 525 and I think they popped it at practice the first night. So I want to say um, something. I want to talk about Justin and his 525. One okay, night. go it for a, it. It was, a, it was the um, night I was there to watch the Blue Ridge race. Okay. And remember, you uh, stuck the microphone in my face, and I I, I did do that. And you froze, froze up. up. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That, um, now that's all the podcast is for. I, I'm ready to uh, get you back there and try it again. Now that you're used to talking on a microphone. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna try it one night. I, I got to get Blake up there too. I got to get old Roark up there talking. I, I'm a little worried about profanity with that one. So we'll see. That that night, him and Banjo were completely in a different area code yeah they were duking it out that's right i mean they it was banjo and justin justin was right on his tail the whole race and i want to say they they were about to lap uh fourth place fifth place sounds about right yeah they about lapped the whole entire field they were rolling that night that's correct yeah that was pretty impressive to watch Oh yeah, as as far as like skill wise, Justin can hang with absolutely anybody. I'll say that until my dying day. Justin Mintz is one of the best in the game. And um, that was his first race in the five twenty five, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly, yeah. That yeah, I mean, he was. Imagine if he was still in it and you know had the more experience with with if, the bigger motor. If he was still in it, I'd say that he definitely has a shot this weekend. Oh, and sure. back back to the five twenty five stuff. It it's becoming more apparent as time goes on that that may be the perfect motor for the regular Sumter Speedway the way the track is All because right. uh, this is going to be a big conversation yeah. here so y'all strap in now wait, you could say super this super that but we look at the ultimate race last year was dominated by a 525 you had two 525s or even maybe even three in the top five right. You go to the the Steel Block Bandit race, of course, that's not quite supers, but that race also dominated by 525 against a little higher-powered limited motors. You go to the Carolina Clash race last year, of course, it was won by a, uh, a super motor and Anthony Sanders, but you had another, to- another top five, or actually another top three from a 525 car. And you look at all the Blue Ridge races, most of them at Sumter are won by 525s. Weekly, most races are won by 525 motors. It, it's starting to lean on me and, and key in that that might be the best motor for Sumter Speedway. It depends on driving style, in my opinion. Yes, and it depends on the track a lot, too. Because, like, there, you... Like say if if cousin Johnny say he had his good motor put together, okay. I, I mean, he, he the last two races that he actually started in at Sumter, he won. Yep. No, 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 no. Excuse me, excuse me. That's that's wrong. 
the last time he actually started a race, it, it was a Blue Ridge race. He didn't win that. Uh-huh. So, I mean, his his driving style fits, you know, the limited. Yes, so, it does. I mean, he knows how to make that that horsepower work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he could. I feel like he if he changed his mind and came went to something this weekend, I think he'd win it. Yeah, I mean he he would he would be up there. That's for sure. And another kid. Uh, Dylan Watson, who won the uh, the Blue Ridge race that we've had this year, I have a feeling that if if he were to put a roof on the car and come down and, and race with the 525, he would have a, a definite shot. Um, and there's other guys. Banks Johnson's coming around with a 525. Not sure if Justin and them have a 525 that's ready yet, but if they did, then they would be in the running for the win as well. And there's other guys. Tony Ayers, I'm not sure. Um, if he's still got a 525 or if he's upgraded, but he would definitely have a shot. There's there's so many guys, dude. Those those engines paired with a driver that knows that track, they're almost unbeatable. Oh yeah. And I, and it's it's weird because that's really not a case anywhere else. Like at all. That's what that's one of those things that makes Summer Speedway like super tricky. You know, like it, it's such a weird racetrack that this kind of stuff is is working better than the higher power motors. Now, I want to point this out. So, Zach Cox, Mm -hmm. he obviously has just about every motor package you can throw in a late model. Right. He, um, I was talking to him, and we were talking about Sumter, and he, uh, he brought up the fact that he said he could not get his car to work with the super motor in it uh-huh. at that track. He said 525 was good. He said, but um, he said his personal opinion is that the 604 runs the best, okay. there, which is why that's his motor of choice. Whenever he shows up. Speaking of, I wonder, I'm wondering if he'll show up this weekend. That, that's that's a that's another one you wonder about he because might. Zach loves Sumter. Yeah, he told and, me that was his favorite track. Yeah, that's so I'm, I'm wondering. I hope I hope to see Zach Cox. If you hear you'll, this, you'll probably see him see this weekend. I feel like I, he'll show up there. I haven't seen him all year, and I'm I'm missing the floor man. I'll be honest. I need I need to see him and a couple other people. I think we'll have a I think we'll have a pretty good turnout. But uh, get back to the motor thing here. You, you're saying that a you you're saying that a six oh four might be the the better motor of choice here. On on a normal night when the track isn't hooked up like it was for the Steel Block Bandit race, mm-hmm. I think a six oh four is just as good as a five twenty five. Now, whenever mm. the track gets hooked up like it did that night, not even a five twenty five can hang. In my opinion, I don't think. Well, and the biggest reason that I say that with is with a limited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. That, now, the but the biggest reason that I say all this is a five twenty five currently holds the the track record um, when you take out all the billboard cars and stuff. A five twenty five currently holds the overall late model track record at a fourteen six double O. I think in qualifying. Now, as far as super late models go, I believe Banjo still got it. But guess what? That was with a 525-2. It was a 14601 in qualifying at the inaugural Gibbons Memorial Race a couple of years ago. And I I, I now need to find I need to go back and see if anybody's got the uh the times from when like Havatampa and all of them were there too, so I can factor that in as well. But 
I'm really not sure right now who has those books from 20, 30 years ago. But yeah, like I was saying, I, I, it's just my opinion. I really think that those 525s are really tough to beat. But we're going to find out this weekend, man. We're, we are going to find out. You're going to have some of your local guys like Brian Ridgeway and Linville and Terry Caples and all those guys. They're going to be in 525. So we're going to see how they shape up with the uh, with the stars of the uh, the Ultimate Series. But uh, Matt, you got anything else at, else to add yeah, there? Uh, and don't don't count out six oh twos. I'm just saying. Oh I've, man, I've seen I've seen six oh twos win Blue yeah. races against against limited motors. Uh, yeah, I've seen it too. But I I really it, in the, the the super races we've had in the past three years that it. Just well, hasn't I'm not happened. talking about against supers. You're just talking about in general. Yeah, against okay. like five twenty fives, six oh fours, and limiteds. Shoot. I've got my tail spanked by 602 plenty of times. It's and your your biggest threats there, we go back to them again, the Mintz brothers. That's your biggest threat in a 602. And I, there's obviously there's other guys. Caples was fast in a 602. If if James dropped down to a 602, I, I believe he'd be up there as well. And speaking of James, how about <laughs> how about old, uh, old Banjo broke his car uh, last weekend? Yeah. They, went out to, they went out to practice and uh, – David decided he wanted to cut a couple laps. I actually got a video of this. He got into James's car. Obviously, James is six foot four. Banjo is about five nine, five ten. He's about the same height that I am. I, I we're short kings out here. Whatever. Um, he got in James's car. He sits down in the seat and he's looking directly at the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, dude, it was the funniest thing. He looked like one. He looked like an Oompa Loompa, man. It was. He was tiny. <laughs> He looked tiny in James's car, so they actually went in the trailer and got out some of the. Uh, there were, there were some pillows that that Mama Sue uh, used to use to go sit in the stands and stuff. Jared comes back with a couple of pillows. David sits on him. He says, "Man, these things are squishy. Where'd your mama get these pillows?" And everybody had a good laugh, but um, it just barely made him tall enough to drive it. He goes out. He cuts a couple of laps. And uh, I think I want to see, I'm not sure if he completely broke the transmission, but he got it stuck. They couldn't get it out of high gear. Um, actually, I think it was stuck in low gear, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, the, the, the transmission on James's car was shot, so they're going to have to rebuild it. So he's going to be out of action for a couple weeks. But I just thought it was interesting that, that uh, David got in James's car and was uh, eye level with the bottom of the steering wheel. Uh, that just shows you how tall that uh, James Murphy oh. is. Here, here's a comparison. James said he's uh, um, heads close to the halo. I think. Yeah, James said. James said he's gonna have to raise the halo on that car because his head's almost touching it. <laughs> yeah, that dude, dude is gigantic oh. to be in a late model, and he's still fast. He's still quick. Yeah. And that's another thing. You, you, you talk about racing. Talk about height of drivers. You don't really see a lot of really tall guys driving late models. Uh -huh. Or race cars in general. You look at, at NASCAR from way back in the day, the tallest guy was Michael Waltrip, and everybody else was under 5'11". I don't I mean, understand that. I don't think that's a thing. It, dude, it's got to be. Mark Martin was like 5'6". Mark Martin's like 5'6". Kyle Larson's, what, 5'5"? Five, five? I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but you don't really see a lot of guys that are in the big time that are like six foot two plus and i kind of want to know why i, I mean know? i don't know because i mean i'm i'm six two and i've i've well yeah all right look but, i've struggled 
I've struggled to get in the car, but not because of how tall I am. I used to be a, a big boy. You was a chunky monkey. I was a big boy. But but it is a but it is a thing though that a lot of the guys that are in the big time racing are short. Yeah, I don't. I like don't it understand is. that. I I never understood it either. I kind of want to like, like if we, somebody we, knows why, explain please. We we need a we need a chubby guy to go uh, run NASCAR for us. Right? There's no chubby guys either. You gotta have I somebody mean, represent. Yeah, there's no there's no chubby guys in the big time. <laughs> like what's going on, man? I mean, let's see if I can think of anybody. BJ McLeod, maybe. That might be the only one that comes to mind. That's like actually in the big time of of racing. Well, Considering I don't know anybody in like Xfinity, I was thinking more so of Cup Series. Yeah, I was too. BJ McLeod ran Cup for a while. Uh, um, but other than that, I really can't think of anybody. But obviously, these guys are doing a lot of training for endurance and stuff because they're running 500 mile yeah. races. So that that probably plays a little bit of a factor um, into it. But yeah, man, that that, that was I've way off topic from where we were. From my from my um from your height. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk about yourself like that. No, I do. Come on, I, man. I've lost a lot of weight. Yeah, you you actually have, man. You actually have. And I'm I'm proud of you, Matt. I'm proud of you. I do mean that. Really but, off to- topic, but uh huh. <laughs> we've been off topic this entire episode, man. We're just kind of rambling here. There's no topic. Um, there is no topic. The, an episode without a topic um, has been this whole uh, ordeal. Of talking dirt episode number ten. So, moving on, let's let's talk a little bit about our previous and and recent experience in the the video game world, Matt. Let's talk a little bit about iRacing before we get into some of the wrap up stuff for the episode. Yeah. Obviously, you and I uh, participated in a money race last night, and uh, it went to plan, and then it didn't go to plan. Um, you and I and James all joined in together. Uh, I think it was hosted by Jeffrey Ford from the Ford Entertainment Group, who actually, I actually purchased my, my computer through them. So really cool guys. If you need a, a PC, this is a free shout out for fake PC, but if you need a PC or anything, go check out Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Ford, Jeff Scott, all them that are with fake PC, uh, Ford Entertainment Group. Um, but yeah, we joined into this race at Knoxville and, and unfortunately he had never, I don't think hosted uh, a dirt I think he said it was race second. like this. Yeah, so he kind of had the format a little wonky in, in the starts. He wanted to put everything on the green flag, and that's really not how you do not it. Not at Knoxville. On dirt, especially at Knoxville, but on dirt in general, you don't do that, man. Yeah. But, I guess uh, go over your heat race. First. Yeah, we're gonna t- let's talk about heat races first because they didn't do any qualifying. He went everything. He went pill draw to heat races, and somehow I pill drew the uh, third starting position for the 10-lap heat race. Um, and right behind me was unfortunately for me, Dylan Hauser and a couple laps into the heat race. I was fighting for, I was, I was up to the third, I was holding down the third spot. Uh, top four made it to the show. Dylan started to challenge me and I am smart enough to know when not to hold somebody up. That is obviously faster than I am. He beat down my, my, left rear for a couple of laps and then i decided man i'm not, I'm not gonna fight this guy He's well i don't won. see it i don't see it as letting him buy like that i mean it's it's chess not checkers you you were well yeah he, well here's the thing he was he was getting a little bit rough so i was just yeah, like man rub. i'm not gonna he, fight it that boy will rub you son 
hate that dude. he rubbed the mess out of it a right front in my left rear for four or five straight laps and i was just like man i'm not trying to get junked in a heat race so i, when I you're let in him a transfer yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's that's what i don't understand about like racing in general if you're in a transfer spot and there's no shot at you winning just just ride you know like don't don't try yeah. and junk somebody for one spot to move you up two starting spots in the feature obviously it, it matters but at the same time well, don't, junk, no, don't junk your uh, stuff I mean, try to get around them, but don't do anything stupid. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, what I'm trying to say. Slide yeah. job. Yeah, I and um, so I let I let Dylan by there coasted home in the fourth spot, um, after after starting third. So that kind of shaped me up pretty good. And then Matt took to the track for his heat, and uh, Matt told him how it went because it, it it was I great, drew, and then it wasn't. I drew outside pole for heat two, and I dag um, with with the with the starts being on green. Instead uh -huh. of the leader, I got a really good start, and I took the lead coming off of turn two, and I, I had it for, shoot, I, more than half the heat race, mm -hmm. probably about six, seven laps, and then um, we we have mirrors on the game, but I wasn't looking at it, and yeah, I, next, I never look at my mirror. Next thing I know, I hear Ryan, "Watch out, Matt!" and then. Boom! <laughs> I, I didn't. I went sky ground. But, um, Dude came I got from fourth, duffed into the wall. But I ended Dude. up. Oh my gosh! From oh, my no. perspective, and then, then I'll oh, go ahead. Dude came from the fourth spot. He was just riding in a transfer spot, mind you. Comes from fourth and throws the biggest slider I have ever seen in my entire life, and clears out the top three. He said he didn't see me. He didn't mean to hit me. Uh, I don't know about all that because dude <laughs> so, went straight into the side of your car and absolutely so, stuffed you in the wall. The good thing is, is I was able to hold it and keep it in fourth, which yep. can transfer. So I was just riding behind him. Um, didn't really feel like I had the momentum to make a move. Uh -huh. uh, so he would about two to go does the same thing he's running third and he does the same thing to the guy who's running in second yup and they go up and i go around him and i ended up finishing second again yep. he 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 wrecked twice when he was already in a transfer spot chess not checkers and then james's james's heat race was even worse james started james started yeah. like seventh he got all the, he got into fifth and then got wrecked like three times in the next four laps and there were no cautions for some reason and he ended up way back there but luckily everybody made the show i think it was a 40 lap feature and this 40 lap feature took like an hour and a half oh my god it gosh, was yeah. caution after caution and a big part of this is something i'm going to talk to the dude about for uh, future races but he reset um, the track. You do not reset Oh, yeah, the he did. He reset the track. Uh, something he shouldn't have done. Because I'll be honest, if the track wasn't reset and I'd have found the top side at the start of that race, I was coming straight to the front. Because uh, I'll recap what happened a little bit later that I started to come to the front. But um, initial flag drops, and I get stuck on the outside on a reset track, lose a couple spots, and then a caution comes out. Matt's beating and banging with everybody in front of me. Uh, people are starting to pass each other couple of restarts later 
I get I stuck on the outside. I was about to say, Matt gets stuck on the outside. I'm starting to pass cars again. Back, get back into the top ten. Point. Yeah, you what started fifth? Fifth, yeah. Started fifth, got shuffled back to six within the first like five laps. Caution after caution after caution after caution. And then I just kept going back and back and back, a, and back and back. Uh, right. I kept getting caught on the outside and there was can't couldn't do nothing because you reset the track. If you weren't if you're not on the bottom, you're not moving. Mm-hmm. It's it was annoying. And here's where the race got interesting for me. We had a restart at, at about lap <laughs> 11, raced for a couple of laps, some on the outside of a guy. And this is where the track had finally started to take shape once again, and the and the top was, or the outside groove right off the bottom, about a groove high from the uh, berm at Knoxville on iRacing, had some more momentum, and I was fighting with a guy for position, uh, trying to clear him off the corner and, and take that position back. I think it was for about 10th. And some reason he just decided to stuff me, uh, took me up into the outside wall and up and over sky ground, sky ground. Um, I thought that my night was done. I towed back in and then, and then Matt realized that I might have enough time to complete this tow, get a quick repair and get back out there, finish the race. And wouldn't you know it as the cars passed by me to take the one to go to green. I got about 10 seconds left wait those 10 seconds pull back out onto the track as y'all are taking the green flag and not even two laps later, uh, there's another caution. So I get caught right back up with the fields, no laps down and have to start from 25th and make my way all the way back up. Um, and then right after that, I think something happened to you, didn't it? Yeah. So as I'm falling backwards and backwards and backwards, um, James is coming up and up and up and up. I got the racing. I look up in the mirror and I see James is behind me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's to my outside. Then um, out of nowhere, a car, the car in front of me checks up. The na- and then the car to my that was behind me, kind of towards my inside. Mm-hmm. He comes out of nowhere and shoves me up. And then I get into James. He's on my right rear quarter panel, so clips that or I clip my right rear quarter panel over his nose. And I hit the wall and it, I sky ground, sky ground, sky ground. That's and right. Yep. I, I think he did too. Oh no. Yeah, he did. And yeah, he did. So Y'all both ended up me and That's him, right. me and him, just like yourself reset had just barely enough time to get out there right before the green flag was thrown. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it? There was another caution. <laughs> exactly. A lap down. <laughs> now, so, while all this was going on, um, I was starting to work my way back up through the field. The top sort of came in. I was passing cars left and right. And the same guy that you had an issue with in the, the heat race, I sort of had one with, cause I got on his bumper and, and got a run through a clean slider on him, cleared him in one and two. And then for the next three corners, he would get in and slide right up into my left front and just kind of hug me all the way through the corners. And I kind of, took that as a little personal you know that's not really cool you can't don't do that to somebody i don't care if it's real life or video games if you're if you're racing something for money at least have a little respect man and it and it felt like he was trying to wreck me but i I ended up clearing him taking the position mounting a charge forward and as matt said the the caution flag flew and this was a wreck actually it was like right in front of me i drove straight through it man 
I, I drove straight through the wreck. People were flipping left and right. I drove straight through it, held the position. I think I made my way back up to like 12th at this point. You and James were at the back, of course. And then what we had, what, like three to go after that? Something like that? Yeah. There was like two or three more restarts. I was able to pass one more car. Made a challenge for a top 10 at the very end. Ended up coming home, I think, 11th at, at the, the checker. But, I, hey, I'll take it. He started 14th, fell all the way back to 25th, came back up to 11th. I'll take that at any day of the week as, as well, when unfortunate I came back as it was. The track, I was 20th. Um, mm-hmm. When we crossed the checker flag, James was 14th and I was 15th. Um, Not bad. But if the, the guy said he was going to go through and see who all broke the rules and disqualify them, a well, bunch of them. I, I obviously, there was a lot of them that did. Yes. And I I didn't go back and look at the official results because I honestly didn't care. Um, mm-hmm. So officially, I don't know where I finished, but unofficially, I finished 15th. I was about to say, unofficially, I'm 11th right now. I got to go talk to the guy and see uh, what the calls were after that. But um, enough about the video game world, Matt. Let's, let's talk some real racing before we wrap up the show here. You wanted to talk tonight about... Uh, some of your early days uh, driving race cars. Some people might know the stories, but others don't. So let's let's cover those for the people that don't know it. Um. So basically, like I said in a previous episode, uh, I I grew up in racing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad raced. All right, I'm gonna go through my family that has still does race. Okay. So uh, you got my dad. Mm-hmm. I got two cousin Johnnies. Two cousin Johnnies. Yeah. Oh, so two Johnny Christians. Um, no. Oh, dang. One of them has a different last name. Um, <laughs> I got my cousin Justin, cousin Lane. Uh huh. Um, my uncle JD. Yep. I got a cousin Old named Barefoot. Josh that race go karts. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I got a bunch on the asphalt side as well. So, so you were introduced um, to it from a very young age with your daddy. Oh, uh, dude! I, well, like I said, every everybody on my dad's side of the family pretty much race. Uh huh. I mean, I'm going through all my cousins, uncles, and all that. That's race. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm on. I was on. I don't know what six, and uh-huh. I wasn't. Even, I wasn't. I wasn't done yet. <laughs> so oh Lord! Okay. I got. Uh, Jimmy Harrington is my cousin. Well, he's married to my cousin. He um raced uh, super trucks. Uh huh. Michael Elliott, who raced uh late models and trucks. Um. And then you got Robert Tyler, who he goes to all the all the big super late model races. He's he's pretty big time in the asphalt. Uh huh. I don't know how much you kept up with it, but he used to um, rent cars out. Do you, do you recognize the name Jake Crum? I do not know. Well, he he was doing a lot of winning, and he was renting a car from my cousin Robert. So I thought that was. Oh, cool. okay. Yeah, won a big cool. race now, at, that big race at Martinsville. He won with my cousin's car. Oh, really? Yeah. Heck yeah! Now, let's get into when you started driving. Obviously. Okay, so I was. You sh- I was nine. Um, my dad was racing at Timmonsville at the time. Mm-hmm. And oh, so actual Papa Pridge was running asphalt? 
Yeah, he he oh, raced. Okay. Yeah, he raced well asphalt for a little while. Okay. Um, you know, I I guess I started talking about wanting to race. I mean, I don't I don't remember. I was nine. <laughs> um, I guess I started talking about wanting to race. We went to a go kart track. You know, I said I think I'd have fun with it, and mm-hmm. got hooked up with some people that race go karts, and you know, got us got us a little setup. Um. Then we started racing. Uh, actually, won my very first race. Really? Yeah. Well, at old uh, four way cartway. Uh huh. Um. You know, didn't. After that, it. I it was a while before I started doing good, and then I can't. Can't remember how long it was, but, dude, I started winning. I started winning. Hmm. Um. I raced a lot at a track called Danny's, you know, had had a lot of success there. Then I started, you know, going with uh, some touring series. I did two touring series in one year. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I finished, I should have won one of them, but okay. there was some, some controversy on the second race that if that hadn't happened, I would have won by I don't, a, a pretty decent margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finished second in one of them and tenth in the other. Now, when I finished tenth, actually, let me back up. My first uh kind of touring series in go karts was the Burr series, and I finished fifth in that that point series. It was um between the two tracks, uh Lake City and St. Matthews. Um. I finished fifth in that, and then I went to did the two. I finished second and tenth in the other one. The other one was more of a kind of a bigger deal than the one I finished second in. Um, it actually that actually invited me to the Maxis National Championship, and that was in Nices, and I went. There was like seventy kids from all over the country trying to make mm-hmm. the top thirty spots, and I qualified. 30th by like less than hundredth of a second. So I made the field. Yeah, I made the field. I I'm gonna be honest with you, I could have finished top ten. But go karts, they don't throw cautions and some kid bummed me out. (laughs) Dang son. Middle of the race. And I ended up I ended up finishing seventeenth. So I mean, with the best of the best in the country, I didn't think that was too bad. Then, you know, we kind of stayed local uh, after that, got in a gold plate, and, you know, there was a um little point series at, at Danny's, and it was mm-hmm. funny, because there was, there was eight, it was an eight-race series. I'm going on a little long. I need to shorten this up a little bit. <laughs> You're good, man. We I'm got all night. But, uh, um, so you got through that series. Did you end up winning that series? I only raced in four of the eight oh. races they did. Oh. Is this in, when you decided to jump into cars? In go one of them, I won three out of the four times I raced. Okay. So it was like gold light and gold heavy. I can't remember yep. which was which. So in one of them, I won three out of the four races I was in and finished second in the other one. Mm-hmm. In the other weight class, I won all four, and I finished 
third and one and fifth and the other. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um. So then after that, we started, you know, just like I said, chilling at Danny's. That you know, that was my favorite track. That's where we raced. Um, mm-hmm. We got to where we, you know, again winning a lot, and we weren't. We were getting protested on every single race. <laughs> I hear you. We never got called illegal. Uh huh. We we're never illegal. Um, even the guy that was protesting us. See, all right. So the guy that was protesting us built motors for a kid that was finishing second. Mm-hmm. And he told us, he said, the only reason I'm protesting y'all is because I want to see what y'all motor, y'all's motor guys doing that my that I'm not. Okay. So that got to be expensive for us and uh, for my dad. Obviously, I'm 13 at the time. I don't have a job. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my dad, you know, does some numbers and he realizes that. Uh, it it would, you know, financially wouldn't be much different running a charger car mm-hmm. than what we were running the go-karts for. Which was like a char- charger cars back in the day were, what, it, what were they, what can you compare it to that we race now? All right. It's, it's a mixture of Thunder Bomber and Street Stocks. Okay. Uh, suspension was more of like, uh, okay, let me put it to you this way, actually. Take you a street stop motor, not mm-hmm. like not like an Andy Stewart motor, <laughs> but a regular okay. street stock motor. Take it out of there and put it in a like a Camaro that's in say like a stock V8 class. Uh huh. Put an aftermarket body on it, uh, like a late model style. Um, mm-hmm. or you can run a, a a stock body. Um, put late model tires on it. And ten inch wide wheels, mm-hmm. and then that's what a charger is. Gotcha. Okay, so um, you you started that at, at Lakeview primarily. You, yep. you got I a couple wins there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I was fourteen when I started. Actually, uh, first race, my dad had me way down on gear, so I went and you know so I can get used to it and went and spin yep. tires. Mm-hmm. First time I took the car to the track on a race day, we were just gonna go. I was gonna you know gonna get out there with other cars and see how I did. I wasn't gonna race. Mm-hmm. Or I wasn't gonna start the race, anyways. Cousin Johnny talked us into it. <laughs> I come off a of turn four one lap. My car gets loose and <laughs> I freaked out and froze up. And I let off the gas, and the car just hooks to the right, straight into the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was embarrassed by that. Yeah. It's, but, it it was a learning experience though. You you oh, obviously yeah. bounced back from it. Got a so, got your first career win not not too long after. So fast forward years, there was a few years I didn't race. Uh huh. Um, but when I started back racing, I I was running you know top five mostly every week, and then I got my first pole, then I ended up finishing second. <laughs> Um, then the next year I got, uh, this is actually really funny. So my dad's 50th birthday, right? Was on okay. a race day. He, um, <laughs> I, 
I told him all week long before that race, I said, Dad, I'm going to get my first win on your 50th birthday. You watch. <laughs> and I'd never said that before. I just felt confident about it. Uh-huh. And he said, well, well, we'll just be happy with a good finish. And we go out there. I qualify a pole. I look. I get out the car, and I look at my dad. I said, I, I said I, I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. Sold him you were feeling uh, it. It was happening. Oh, yeah. So we take the green flag. I get beat to turn one. Uh-huh. Um, we come out of two to next lap. Guy in front of me locks his motor up. Really? And I led the rest of the way. Yes, huh? that was that, that was that was pretty pretty cool to get get that on my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Man, that that was a happy night. I ain't even gonna lie to you. That was a happy night. Um, that is pretty. That's pretty interesting. So then. Um, can't remember it. Yeah, it was the next year. You know, <clears throat> there was a guy out there who had a fast car. His name was Marshall Jones, and I mm-hmm. not beat him. Me and him were front row, probably about four weeks, five weeks in a row. He was first, I was second, and I would finish mm-hmm. second. But Dang. then we had a night where I qualified outside pole, and he he wasn't there. Someone else qualified pole. I qualified outside pole. We take the green flag. And I beat him out of two because he spun out. They threw the red flag. We had a complete restart. And I beat the guy to turn one again and led flag to flag. Mm-hmm. Um, there's videos of it actually on YouTube. If you look up uh, Deborah Todd Jordan. Okay. Like um, so, yeah, they're on there. Um, <clears throat> if you watch them, look out for my dad and watch how he was pacing <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> It, it's so funny. I told him, I said, Bo, you, you've walked more miles than I raced tonight. <laughs> oh, Lord. But, um, but yeah, so that, that was another special night. So you were in the, you were in the Charger car for how, for how many years now? I started in 2010. Um, I think I didn't race again till 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, you know, had a, had some stuff going on. And then you were in that until what, 2018, uh, I think? No, I, no, I was in there till 2015. 15? Yeah. And, and then you made the jump to a late model? Yep. Um, okay. Well, see, what happened there was they were trying to change the rules to a pure stock class. Uh-huh. And we uh, sat down, looked at it. My car went in legal for a pure stock. Gotcha. Rule package, and you know we did some number crunching, and he, we were saying, you know, if we're going to be doing spending all that money, you know, let's see if we can get a late model. And lo and behold, we uh, um found a guy named uh, Nathan Grigg wanting to trade his race ready late model. He's actually from Lawrence. Uh huh. Um, he was wanting to trade his uh, it was O four master built. Yep. race ready with a 604 for a car like mine so we ended up trading that was the black car with a green chassis it was a rough one <laughs> um literally wrecked that car every t- single time i raced it mm-hmm. um actually before that we were uh we were given a car too it, we were give before we got that car we were given a 2001 TNT and it sat in our backyard for like two years. 
Oh, wow. And we just didn't like the master built. We had some issues with it. And uh, we knew what the other car could do because we'd seen it run at Dublin or what we thought it could do. Mm-hmm. That car was rough, too. Um, I okay. sent you video. I sent you videos of that. What was it yesterday? Day yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that car was a piece, man. Um, <laughs> so we got we got it together. I bought a new motor. Uh huh. I bought it from Nick Dietz, which I I explained about this. It was a, it was a Hendron six hundred four. Ended up blowing it on the third lap of the first race with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got another one. Got back to racing. Um, I mean, that was pretty much it for that. That was 2018. Uh huh. Then I went 2019, and that's when I ran for points at Sumter. That's right. Um, and I know people hated to see me pull into the track. Um, I didn't. I, you were one of my favorite <laughs> people to see every weekend. Man. Back when, uh, back when you had that one good run, and I was more proud of you than any than oh, the person yeah. who won the race. I remember then, your daddy um, jumping up and down, and yeah, that that was a fun time. <laughs> and then you got a new car, and then I got I got the car I got now. Now uh-huh. I, I bought it from Tony Ayers, and he I swear he gave me a deal on that man because oh yeah, you you I can't even find pretty much what he sold me for as cheap now. Uh huh. As I did back in obviously not now. Those cars are selling for more than they ever have right now. So them, yeah, they're they're crazy. Yeah. Um. So got that. Got this car now. People think. People think that's the car <laughs> that got involved in the wreck that you were explaining earlier. No, yeah, Tony. Tony ended up that, on his lid on that one after hitting the tractor tire. I remember that. That car was his black car. Uh-huh. Car I got was his blue car. Black car was a 2018 XR1. Mine's a 2014 uh-huh. blue gray. Oh, okay, okay. So I know there. Every time I tell people I bought the car from Tony, he was like, "Oh, is it the one he flipped?" And I was like, "No, it's not. <laughs> no, not quite." Well, hey, that. Uh, and- I mean, and now we're pretty much here. I mean, I went through 2020, had a good year, finished four mm-hmm. points at Lakeview. Um, and now we're just searching for the the first uh, career late model win. It's coming, man. I'll tell you, be patient. I was expecting it's coming. to do it last year. I'm going to be honest. Uh-huh. I was expecting. I was disappointed I didn't get it done last year. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously still looking for it this year. So. Well, hey, we, we continue to persist on it. It's coming, man. Be patient and, and keep at it. It's definitely coming. Now, real quick, show's running a little long here. So we're going to talk about just a couple more things before we wrap it up. Um. Of course, my little story time that I alluded to earlier, obviously I was I was the receiver at Sumter for a long time. And since I was a child, I always had aspirations of being an announcer. I remember um, having little diecast car races when I was in my early years and announcing that in my own, my own uh, voice to try and mimic the people that I saw on TV. And then uh, one night... Um, we had an open practice. This was in 2020. We had a practice and nobody showed up to call cars. So Sissy asked me, um, Sissy, obviously our track promoter, asked me if I would like to to try it. And I said, yeah, of course. I, I either wanted to do that or, or wave flags. And I'm now I'm very happy at the 
the uh, the craft that I chose at that time. Um, after that night, she came up there and said, "Man, you sounded really, really good. Do you think you want to do this full time?" And and I'll be honest, I was as I said yes, but I was as nervous as I have ever been in my entire life, man. And I thought that I was off to a terrible start whenever I the first event that we had that year obviously it was it was 2020 it was covid year so our start was pushed back to um to june it was the middle of june our first race of the year and, and the first thing that i ever did as the track announcer tried to go up and play a little pre-race music i had the uh, the adapters for the iphones i was going to play it on my phone and as soon as i plugged it in it didn't work and when I, t I froze, I was petrified, dude, most nervous I've ever been. And I hadn't even started yet. And so I finally rigged it up to just have the microphone live and play it on my phone, whatever. And then the races started and I had to start the show. And if there's video of it, I want to see it now because I was as jittery and as, and as nervous as I've ever been doing anything, but we made it through that first night. And then Sissy got the bright idea to send me to uh to learn and watch the announcer at Lancaster at the time who was Doug Hawkins and I was just sitting there watching Doug go through his couple of features and it was time for uh, that night was the one of the Buddy Crook memorial races for the MMSA guys um $5,000 race huge deal in mod 4 racing so they they get through the uh, driver introductions and all of a sudden Doug looks at me and goes so did you come here to watch or call races and I said I'd love to call a race throws me the microphone and walks away at a track I've, I had been to maybe once, never stepped foot in their booth, didn't really know many of their drivers, didn't have any of my preparation done, throws me the microphone, walks away. Well, shoot, I got I to gotta do something here. So I just got into it and started calling the race. And thinking back on it, I owe a lot of props to, to Doug for doing that for me because it gave me a lot of confidence and let myself know that Yes, I could do it in the moment, and that race went fantastically. I remember Rod Tucker ended up winning that race. It was a wild one, dude, and, and that, and I still hold it. That was the only Jamie Madison race that I ever got to call, uh, and I wish I'd have got to call more of his races because Jamie was so good in in a mod four car. Um, but fast forward past that, I did Sumter. I've now done Sumter for three years, and it's just getting better and better and better and better. Um, I'm, I'm growing as an announcer. I, I think that I'm, um, not to toot my own horn, but I think that I'm decently good. I know I'm not the best. I know I'm definitely not the worst. So I, I think that I'm, I'm on my way to a bright future in the craft, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it, I owe all, all the props in the world to Eddie Pollard and, and Sissy. Cause uh, first off, Eddie was, Eddie was going to announce at Sumter. And then he decided that he would rather be in the flag stand and give me that opportunity so I owe some props to him, especially to Sissy. Um, biggest, I did so much props for letting me announce for her and for still letting me do it and having that faith in me. So yeah, that's my announcing story. But Matt, uh, we got to close the show out here because it's we've been going for like an hour and a half here. So uh, yeah, to close uh, the show out, let's let's close, do a little before, preview. Before we close, you want to talk about Kyle uh, Hammer? No, 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 no. Um, I wasn't going to talk about that. Um, I was just wanting to update on Dalton. He uh, finished fourth in the heat race. Ashton, Ashton Winger won it. Mark Whitener was second. Jonathan Davenport was third. 
Yeah, I knew Ashton would be good up there. He's, he's usually good at tracks like that. But uh, speaking of Kyle Hammer, as I just mentioned, uh, you were talking about him last week, and unfortunately, uh, he's put out that he's decided to yeah. step away from racing for a little bit, so that's very, very unfortunate. Um, I'm wondering Kyle. if it has anything to do with what we brought him up for last week. Uh, maybe Not- yes and no. He said it was family differences, so I'm going to leave yeah. it at that. I really don't oh, want to speculate. Man. I mean, it, but, that, um, that kind of stuff can cause a factor within family, though. Oh, 100%. You know, you racing like that, spending a lot of money, it can get stressful. Mm-hmm. But uh, best mean, of luck to him. Good, but, yeah. I hope to see him I hope to see him back out there very soon. Hopefully he doesn't stay out of it too long. Ex- exactly, yeah. He, um, he, Ryan was saying, you were saying before we started recording, that not many mm-hmm. people know of him. He was one of those people that was on his way to making it to uh the big leagues 100 and being a well-known driver and it was really boosted he, he was by gaining a lot of attention this year yes he was and it was really boosted by his performance at gateway yes his performance That's at gateway was phenomenal yeah and and he was he was really on his way and it, it's a shame to see somebody have to get out of it like that and i really hope that he comes back uh sooner rather than later um i moving on final topic of the night let's uh just tell them that preview this weekend at, uh, I'll be at Sumter. Obviously we're, you're thinking about either Sumter or Lakeview. You're not going to race, in, but uh, Lakeview's got a nice little show going on. So y'all go check them out if you're in that area. But, uh, if you're anywhere near central South Carolina, come see us at Sumter Speedway this Saturday night, ultimate super late models in the house, $5,000 to win. Going to be a bunch of the, the super late model stars out and about here at the toughest little dirt track in the South. So if y'all are in the Sumter area or in Columbia, Chapin, Elgin, Lugolf, Camden, anywhere around here, come see us at Sumter Speedway this Saturday night. Um, and first, Matt, do you have anything else to add before we run out of time? No, sir, I don't. No, sir, I don't. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you and appreciate you for listening to Talking Dirt episode number 10. I know it was a little little off topic this week, but lack of racing, that'll, that'll do it to you. What's that? I said no script. No script. Unscripted this week. I hope you guys did enjoy this uh, this whole rant session. And again, we will be back with you next week to recap all the racing that had that happens this coming weekend. Of course, Ultimates at Sumter Lakeview with a nice show. Uh, Hall of Fame race at Lancaster. They got racing going on all over the state. Cherokee, Lawrence, Traveler's Rest running 602s, uh, Steel Block Bandits up at Natural Bridge Speedway this weekend. So, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about next week, and we'll be right back with you next Friday here on the Talking Dirt Podcast, guys. We'll see you next time. So long and good night. See you, guys.